When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. We are on a beautiful day here at the Minnesota State Fair. A lot more people than have been here the last two days because the weather's wonderful and it's a Wednesday. Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic is with us. How you doing, sir? Doing good, Patrick. Glad uh, to be a part of history here. Yeah, so Yes, yes. Has the crew been out here yet this year? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow the family is, the, yep. is on the... Yep. And the boss is going to be here. She not, will. Yeah, the three-year-old will be here. That's not the missus, by no. the way. <laughs> no, it is the three-year-old when and she will be called shot. Not till March. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah. So alive. she is a she's a young three, but she's mm-hmm. uh she is a tyrant. I have a question. Doubt. I have a question, Johnny, <laughs> because our kids are almost exactly the same age. Yeah. Is your three year old because because of the older sibling more difficult than the older one oh, was? When, uh, no see, question. See, I'm going through the same thing oh. right now. I'm like, what happened to oh. this demon child? <laughs> it's not even <laughs> close. Oh. And I told that with uh, you know with the wife when we were talking about expanding the family. I said number one it was a saint. Yeah. And I said you know what's coming with number two, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what we got. I mean, she has put us through the ringer. She's she's but, a joy, but, but she makes what? us work for it. Now I don't obviously know her that well. I've just seen her in action a couple of times, but she's Bud Grant. Yeah. She doesn't have to say anything. No. She just got to look at no. you. No. <laughs> yep. she, you look yeah. and you know what's going on. She got to look at you and you shape up, man. You. Yeah, and <laughs> she is at a point now where she will not hesitate to raise her voice if she okay, needs to, okay. but well, but was, yeah. yeah, but she uh she has that icy glare that will just <laughs> freeze you in your tracks. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh what uh Thibodeau, uh was out here the other mm. day making the rounds. Yeah. Uh, uh, very gracious to everybody. Although, uh, who was it that I ran into said uh, that uh, Tibbs will bring up the Celtics thing about the uh, yeah KG and Ray Allen, yeah, yeah, KG and the whole the, the, sacrificing know, for trying each to other. get sacrificing yeah. three to each other, and uh, so I think that one has uh, been uh, pretty well repeated uh, all around. But uh, you know, what's uh, your feeling? What would nothing? A cat has disappeared from the news. Last year at this time, we were uh, 
speculating as to uh, Wiggins had agreed and when was he actually going to sign. Do we even know if there's been any negotiations here or what? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it, it has been very quiet on that front. I, I did report earlier this summer that he has an offer in front of him for, for max money. Now, the, the thing is, is that the way these contracts are structured, you can the max you can get at 25% of the cap max, or if he makes all NBA, he could be eligible for 30% of the cap. Uh, and so you can negotiate in that little window if, you know, hey, can, can you be eligible for that 30% or do you want do we want to keep you at 25, 26? And so there's a few things that they can kind of so, look at. So as, you make a deal with him and then if he makes the, before that thing kicks in, if he makes all NBA, then it goes up to 30%? Right, yep. So if it's the true max, then yes. that's what it would be. Um, then there are some players and, and, and some teams that get like that 25% max, and that's where you're at. And so yeah, Wiggins has 25% right. max. Yep, yeah, exactly. And so um, so uh, the, you can negotiate that. You could also negotiate, you know, do you get a player option on the last year of the deal? So I think there are a few things that, that can be up for debate in that. But I think also the other thing that that Cat is doing by sort of dragging it out is letting them know that, uh, he wants maybe a little more consideration with some of the other things that have gone on here, and, and he's trying to exert a little bit of leverage that he has in these negotiations by making them sweat a little bit by, by doing it this way. What uh, would be his, uh, was it, I know they apparently had a guy that he liked yeah. that they got rid of, but that can't be it. All of it is that he doesn't think he got the ball enough, they didn't rely on him enough. What, what do you think I, might I, be his number one complaint, or maybe Jimmy's, doesn't like the personality conflict? What, yeah, what do you think it is? I, I think there's some personality conflicts that obviously can be easily resolved with with just some conversations. But um, I do think that there's he's a 22-year-old, and he sees sort of the, the way Jimmy has kind of given the run of the place and, um, and wonders if he's as valued as Jimmy is. Now, I mean, he clearly is. There, yes. I, I don't think that you know Tibbs or Glenn Taylor or anybody is trying to say that Carl is a Robin to his bat to Jimmy's Batman. But you know, as a younger guy, I you know these guys are also not the ones that put their arm around you and say, "Hey, we love you, buddy. We need you." That kind of thing. And so, um, I think that you know, there's there's some of that that's probably in play here too. And it's you know, there's a little bit of diva tendencies there. No more, question more about it. More with him than. Uh you know, Wiggins is just fine if everybody leaves him alone. Right? right? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He doesn't he, care. He's got his money. Yeah, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't need to be the the central figure. I do think that with Wiggins, he wants to figure out exactly how him and Jimmy work together because they're really similar offensive yeah. players. I mean, mid range guys get to the basket. Guys don't shoot threes, and so I think they tripped over each other a little bit last year. And I think he's he's trying to figure out that part of it a little bit. Uh, Manny, though, of the questions I asked Tibbs here the other day, the only time he got his back up a little was when I asked him about, I said, uh, I said I, I would imagine the hope would be that Butler and Wiggins had figured out a little better how to yeah. how to play off each other more. And that's when he came up with his figures about offensive, 27 and 10. offensive efficiency, everybody mm -hmm. giving up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think the point he was making is they did fine playing off each other last year. So well, yeah, it, didn't, didn't you get that? Yeah, I mean, well, because, Johnny, you and I, we kind of talked about this on, on the podcast mm -hmm. last week about it's, it just seems to me like ever since Jimmy got here, and this is not to say that Jimmy has been a problem. He certainly hasn't been a problem. But it seems like ever since Jimmy got here, Andrew has had to sort of take 
a back seat when he was used to the first couple years in the league with his team he was used to being the guy who got the most shots and being sort of the number one scoring option Jimmy comes in takes some shots away and you could kind of see it on the floor that it, it affected Andrew quite a bit because the efficiency numbers that he had which which already weren't great they went down and they got worse and so now it seems to me like the challenge for Tibbs and the coaching staff and for Jimmy Butler is to find a way to get those guys to coexist on the floor at the same time so that they're both putting up good numbers it doesn't I mean the per game average numbers doesn't mean anything to me it's just Andrew finding a way to take better shots and make better decisions right and and you know what the Wolves will say is well I think I think Andrew still technically led the team in a shot attempts per game but yeah it was clearly an adjustment for him yeah. because he was used to okay late in the fourth quarter he got the ball all the time yep and he was taking all of the shots and and he was doing and 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 it, it was a struggle for him now where I do totally agree with Tibbs is you they, they made these sacrifices, and maybe it wasn't going as great as, as they wanted it to, but they still won 47 and got right. to the playoffs. And so part of it is they are going to have to figure out that, you know, each guy isn't going to get 28 shots a game. And and so, you know, part of it has to be a maturity on, on the players' end yes. to understand that, hey, what we are asking you to do, we are taking big steps forward in the win department. And so if you keep on listening to us, this will follow. This will continue, and there will be there'll be more winning ahead. I do think that uh, when you leave the arena and uh, you're you're talking to a teammate or you're just talking to your pals, there's got to be a number of times where Cat and Wiggins left with their various groups saying. Are we going to do that again? We're going to give Jimmy the ball the last 20 seconds in a one uh, point game and have him yo yo from 50 feet and then all of a sudden throw up a shot. How many times do we have to lose a game this way? Sure. I would think. Yeah. I mean, I, I've given Andrew the ball back with 20 seconds to go. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. Yeah. But he did better with it than uh, Butler does at the end of the game. Yeah, he, Butler. Some of Butler's numbers late in games have it's, historically has been really good. Last year there were some shot selection issues, I think, and some Chicago, things that he was the numbers working were through. Really good. Yeah. But then, yeah, as soon as he got here, it was completely different. Yeah, and so you know, again, I think that's part of working it out. But I, you know, I, Tibbs will also bristle at this a little bit. But when you have a player as offensively gifted and versatile as Carl Anthony Towns. For him to kind of really not be a factor in those situations, yes. yeah. it seems like there's got to be a way to get him involved and put some more pressure on the defense, to yes. even even if it's to open things up for other people. But come it, away think, from the and, come away from the basket, and that's yeah. hard. Yeah. And it's hard to do that because Cat's a big and he's not a wing right. player, and you can just sort of give the ball to a wing and he can isolate and do whatever he wants. But even though it's harder for Cat, you still got to find a way to sure. do it. He's too he's offensively too talented to just. Have him not be a factor at all. That's right. All righty, we'll take a break. Be back. Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic has uh, stopped by to say hello. Gorgeous day at the Minnesota State Fair. No rain anywhere. Isn't that nice? Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic is uh, with us. Johnny, uh, there's two audiences for every sports team. There's the hardcore think they know the game some do know the game highly critical 
uh, crowd that usually takes over social media mm-hmm. and other outlets. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people who just kind of like to go and enjoy a game, and uh, you know they're they're hoping the home team wins, but it's not life and death. That crowd enjoyed last season. That's they right. had uh, <laughs> they had their highest the Timberwolves. They had their highest number of sellouts in since the, what like ninety one in existence. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, big rabid crowds uh, late in the season that Denver game, and then the. The two home playoff games, the first half of that uh, uh, fourth game playoff. Three. Oh, well, man. The, the third oh. one, but the fourth one, the first half when they played great. Then they, gave, then they went out and gave up 100 points <laughs> the second half. But, but it was rabid and fun. Mm-hmm. And the conversation, you know, the, no matter how people want to ju- judge this, if they'd kept, if they kept Zach and they'd, they'd made the thing, they, the conversation level about this team would have been a fraction of one. Oh, no doubt. I mean, the people are people are now interested enough to complain. You yes. know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Is, is what's going on here. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's certainly been a boost in that in that way. Yeah, without question. And and I mean, you know, I've been one that has has said a lot. I mean, maybe Tibbs has he certainly has some things that that some people are you know don't approve of and and all that. But you can't you can't discount the progress that they've made. I mean, from 47 wins, from 18 sellouts, from, you know, two all-stars on the team and, and, and all these, like, there's a lot of tangible things that he can point to and say, look, this organization, which has historically been one of the worst is now in the conversation in this town, which is refreshing. And, you know, one thing where I, where I kind of, figured out your last point even more was on the Derrick Rose situation when they were talking about bringing him in and finally brought him in Twitter was an absolute cesspool (laughs) Derrick Rose you know had all these off the court issues he's washed up he's terrible all this and so I thought like I honestly thought when he was first going to be introduced in his first game, I thought he's going to get booed because yes, he's right. taking Tyus's place. Yeah. He goes in, he's got a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, that's you know, a different. That, and that's yeah. that you different realize crowd. that you're in this little fishbowl of yes. Twitter, and it feels like it's the whole world when really it's just a, a select few, and yeah. and so it can absolutely color your perception or what you think about things more than maybe it should. What? Uh, give me your opinion on that. Uh, now, uh, Tibbs' thing is for the first time in how many years he isn't rehabbing this. Rose yeah, he's, isn't, yeah, he's not rehabbing I, I mean, injury in the offseason. And yeah. he's going to be 30. He's only 30, but mm-hmm. he can't, he's not a shooter, which is, the team needs a shooter. So uh, it sounds like Thibodeau is trying to convince himself that three-guard thing yeah. worked a lot. Do you, uh, A, if it's Tyus and Rose, who's the third guard? Is it maybe a Kogi or Teague or yeah? Probably a yeah. He he likes the. I think he likes Rose and Tyus together um, as sort of the the one and the and the and the smaller two, and and so they'll play a lot together. Then you can mix and match that with Wiggins or with Butler or with even you know Tolliver and 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 Nunnally and some of the shooters that that they brought in. Um, but yeah, you know I I think that. Uh, Rose surprised me a little bit in how well he played for them down the stretch last year, but he also missed seven games with an ankle. So yeah, like, right. He, he's 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 going not gonna, to miss he's time. He's not going to play eighty two no, like uh, no. Wiggins and Towns. Yeah, actually. like he and Jimmy probably are going to miss time. Yes. and so it's it's how they you know if it's it's if they if their bench is deeper to kind of fill in the gaps there, so you don't have to play your others forty five minutes a night. 
that's going to be the key uh, to to what they can do. But when when Rose was playing last year, he was pretty good, and and I think if you keep him in that 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 spark plug off the bench role, he can be effective for them. He uh, it's. Uh it, of course, Tibbs and Minutes was the number yeah. one issue uh, ever, and now we're convinced that uh, uh, the, the the again the Twitter world, the Twitter, the, the those com- they're they're convinced the people who comment on newspaper articles and the Athletic and stuff like that uh, are convinced that Akogi and uh, and uh, Kiati are not going to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Kiati oh. are not are not going. They're not going to play. He's not going to use them anyway. But you go back, Dunn played, what, 15 minutes? Uh, yeah. 15 yeah. minutes a game as a rookie? Yeah. You know? yep. so, I mean, if, if a Kogi gets 12 or 15 minutes, there's nothing to complain about. And the other guy's going to have to play uh, Belitz's minutes, isn't Yeah. He? Well, yeah. Tolliver will play Belitz's minutes, minutes a lot. But, but I, I do think that they're still pretty thin on the wing. And so there's going to be opportunities for Bates-Giop or, or if it's the Nunnally guy they brought from Europe. or or. But I think a Kogi and, and Kata both – they like to play defense, and none of the second unit guys last year liked to play defense. Yeah, which is a big which reason is, he didn't use them, Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so, now you can make the argument, okay, you know, maybe Ty should have played a little more or, or, or Belly should have played a little bit more to give them a little bit more of a rhythm. But, in, but there, I, I believe that the rookies that they brought in fit more with what Tibbs wants. And so I think that at least they're going to have the opportunity to play yeah. more, and, right. and you know that because he's going to trust them a little bit more in terms of what they are bringing to the table on a daily basis. And my whole thing with the minutes too, Johnny, was I looked specifically. I look at like Taj and Gorgie Jang because I thought when they brought Taj in, you know, okay, Taj would probably be the starter, but he and Gorgie would probably split, play play similar amount of mm-hmm. minutes. But then you look, and it's like. Taj is playing 33, 34 minutes a night, and then Gorgie's playing like 15. And Gorgie, to me, is a guy that if he plays more, he'll play better. Mm-hmm. And he was coming off of a season where he was basically the starting power forward yeah. and getting getting starters minutes, and then all of a sudden Taj comes in, and now Gorgie ends up regressing because he doesn't really know exactly what his role is. Like, for me, that's what the minutes thing comes down to for myself. Here, uh, when he was here the other day and the other things I've heard from him, though, uh, Thibodeau's going out of his way to mention Gorgie's yeah. uh, an important part of the team, mm-hmm. and we're going to play him more. And for the money that he's getting, they yeah. need him to yeah. play yes. a bigger role. Yeah, well, now that they couldn't get rid of him, they, exactly. they better play that's, him. Yeah. That's it. The, you know, they tried to trade him, and they couldn't find a taker, and so and so they keep him around. But you know, that's a, there's a, there were a couple, Gorgie and Belly especially, were sort of that chicken or the egg thing. You know, They didn't play well. So they didn't get a lot of minutes, but they say, they would say quietly, "I need to play more yeah. to to, yeah, to, to, to play, play better." Yeah. Right. And so that's what they were juggling, and and so that's that's going to be a challenge again with Gorgie this year. Is I do they need to get him more on the floor, more to be more comfortable, and, and at least maximize him a little bit more. But he also has to play better. He was yeah. not very good, not good at all. last year, and and you know that gets back to again, you know we we talk about it all the time. You had Tibbs and Layden, and you know I. I really don't care that you, if they're not big media guys and if they don't, they're not out shaking hands and kissing babies. But they have to talk to their players. And one thing that Gorgie was upset about was that when they decided to start Taj, there was never a real conversation about, "Hey, this is what we want to do. This is why we want to do it." And that really got things off on the wrong foot. And then it just kind of, you know, went went downhill from there. Thibodeau has been out and about a little more with uh, the media types, but it, at the same time, he has tightened the circle <laughs> over at uh, 
uh, target center. I mean, he never really replaced Rick Brunson. He, he Lucas the third. He gave him that job, and uh, the, some of these the support. The Lagarza and what about yep. three of those guys? I don't think they've been replaced, have they? Yeah, they they they, um, they have hired a, another assistant coach um, to to come in to to give them another body now. But that just happened in the last day or two. But we definitely but not he's he's on the bottom of the rung, not on the top of the right. Rung. Yes, guy, who they are? Um, and I can't even remember his name, but he's a former player, a video guy. No, he's he's a he's more of a coach guy and. Um, and he's from, they hired him from Detroit. He was on Stan Van Gundy's staff, and the name is escaping me right now. But, um, but they're, So they're going to bring him in. But, yeah, they don't have, a lot of teams will have three or four player development guys yeah. that just come in late at night and shoot and rebound with them and all that stuff. And, and so they're not going to have much of that anymore. And so um, I think Tibbs is kind of saying, you know, that, hey, we'll we'll all just do a little bit more with a little bit less, as we hear so often in the media world now. And so that's I think that's the plan for, for right now. Uh, the Vikings had an arrest. Uh, Caleb yeah. uh, Jones, uh, said, you know, there's domestic abuse involved in it, the charges, so uh, we can't uh, get uh, too uh, lighthearted about it. But, boy, it's been a while, hasn't it? When, <laughs> when is their last one? That's I mean. right. They've... they've, they've run a pretty clean house for for a few years now since adrian maybe right i mean yeah might I have would, been since yeah. that i would say it. his uh, chances aren't real good caleb uh, because uh, he was already going to serve a four-game suspension for uh, PED, uh for ped right so, yeah and and, so. and and they got a bunch of receivers that yes. are trying that are sh- flashing for them and so um yeah that's that you know he did not do himself any favors if these allegations prove to be true People uh, like to uh, still get, you know, Spielman drives me crazy because, you know, he has press conferences and never says a word. And it's, a, you know, he never told the truth in his life. But, uh, you know, I, I was telling Manny that I remember in 1995, uh, Buck Showalter was managing the Yankees. And there were these stories about how miserable it was to work for Steinbrenner and, you know. And about, you know, I remember they being in our place and they traded for David Cohn. Mm. You know, and they then the next day they traded for some hitter, and I said, "Well, it's it's so miserable. He keeps getting you the best players <laughs> that you can possibly get." Yeah. And Zim, God love him, this guy's giving him everything that you could possibly no want here. I mean, maybe okay, the offensive line might be a little thin, but they went out and got the safety when he was floating around. They just went and got a center because they don't have one. They given him. They went and got him a, the most, you know, the eighty-four million dollar quarterback, the best one available. Uh, there's no excuse. Uh, Spielman has gotten him all the weapons you need. Talent from top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, one of the most talented rosters oh, in the yeah. in the league, no question. And the other thing that they've done a great job of is uh, they've paid a bunch of their guys, so you don't have yes. that. You know, you don't have the 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 dysfunction or the disenchantment of when am I going to get my money? I mean, Anthony Barr is still waiting, but he's getting twelve million dollars this year. Yeah, so, and he um, might he might wait again, and they might end up franchising uh, him. Franchising, yeah, him but next year. but they've done a great job of trying to eliminate some of those, um, you know, some of those issues, and and so he doesn't Zim doesn't have a lot of those fires to put out, and boy, I mean, from a draft standpoint and a free agency standpoint. They've hit a lot. They've had a lot of doubles and triples and in a couple of home runs, and so that's that really is all you can ask for on yeah, that front. Yeah, I mean they've uh, they're loaded. I don't know. If, I mean uh, even some of these rookie free agents that they bring in, you know, yeah. Holton Hill is and yeah, these guys right. like they got the probably the you know, best you know kid that you know. Yeah, I mean they find you know, guys. They they find guys and 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 they're just really really good, and so that's. 
That's a good position I to mean, be in. I mean, a lot of teams wanted this guy, and they paid him 80000 instead yep. of 30000 Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, and, and, and the Chad Beebe kid, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's flashing. And, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys, it's not just the first-round picks that are working out. I mean, they're going out and beating the bushes and bringing in guys who can really help you at the very bottom of the roster. We'll be back. Uh, we are at the Minnesota State Fair. There's a picture of Harmon. Uh, Eric Curry has joined us. Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic here. We're out on the porch at the State Fair. We have cleaned up the cow poop I, stand, <laughs> I stood in yesterday, so uh, everything's uh, fantastic. Eric uh, just flashing a picture of Brecken Killebrew Curry, ah. the, uh, the uh, young Look at that. That uh, yeah, that kid. So uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the grandparents. He's got uh, no chance, right? Did did we uh, did we have uh, Harmon up in Faustin while you and uh, Kelly Roisland, your bride, were in Europe? Uh, no, actually, uh, the grandparents came to us, okay. which, is, which is even better. <laughs> All right, we got to keep him familiar with his territory. So uh, now, the team that goes to Italy for the Gopher women's basketball team. Incoming freshmen can't be on it. No, no, they can. They, yeah, can. they can. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so that was the this year's roster was over that was, there. That then. was this year's roster. Yes. How so, many freshmen did they have? Uh, I believe three. Okay. Um, now there was one that uh, this just came in, who's a foreign player, I believe mm-hmm. from Czechoslovakia, that just got here. So, so going to Italy, go, no big deal. Not, her. not yeah. just, a, just a quick road trip, a weekend road trip <laughs> over there for her. So she sat it out. And uh, of course, uh, Coach Whalen was over here. Uh, trying to uh, get her team to the playoffs, which uh, the, the links ended. I, I, you know, she could have made the last couple. Of, they got beat early enough. Were you home by the time they got eliminated? We were. She actually, uh, uh, the uh, retirement was announced on the Friday that we were still over there. So um, she actually, if she wanted to shut it down right then, she could have made the last two stops. <laughs> Johnny, I got a question for both you and Eric. Uh, we had a story in the paper uh, a couple of days ago, Rachel Blount did yeah, it on the decline good. of uh, ticket sales for go for football, men's basketball, men's hockey. Uh, you, uh, you know, Eric, of course, you uh, you were in the Twins uh, corporate world for quite a number of years. Now uh, work at uh, at Cambria, but uh, you know, Marty Davis is involved in that ticket. What? How do you see this as a? Uh, Where's that problem come from? Go for it. I, I, a lot of my feeling is it's competition. Yeah, in this market, you no know? question. Well, well I, I mean, I think uh, you know, I've been kind of maintaining a theory for a while now that sports tickets are on a bubble like the real estate, you know, kind of world is in terms of you can only raise them so high, mm-hmm. especially if you're not going championship after championship yeah. after championship when. People have competition in the market to go other places, but also to be able to sit at home with your 55-inch flat screen, high definition, and you know you're paying $12 for a 12-pack instead of $12 for one beer, and 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 so like you know I just don't see how you, these can keep going up and up and up, and sooner or later the bubble's going to burst, and it's going and those prices are going to have to go down to get people coming back there, and of course that's very difficult with you know the coaching salaries going up and administrative salaries and all of the expenses that go into operating an athletic department 
these days. But I mean, I just I just see it as an economic thing that way. That's yeah. that's driving yeah. a lot of this. Eric, it costs you twice as much to go to a Viking game now than it did in the Metrodome. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. everything. How much is the between the suites they're selling and that stadium and the team they got and all that? How, how much of the Vikings seen change the landscape? Do you think? I think uh, I think they've changed it a big a uh, lot because they're the shiny new penny and uh, and so the corporate direction is to go to um, the new yeah. place, right? Yes. Everybody wants to go, uh, even if it's eight times a year. Um, so it's really difficult. And then you know you get to the other side and um, uh, for a corporation to um, go to the wild or go to the yeah. twins it's 41 or 81 yeah. events yes. a year that um that if you're going to maximize and again i'm not i'm not downplaying it but if you're going to maximize uh those entertainment opportunities you've got to have your people there yes and uh and so you got to have you don't your people have any there 41 or 81 yeah. nights a year mm-hmm. if you got viking tickets you don't have any left laying on the you know no. Unused. You don't have any unused right. ones, right? No, no, right. So, um, and I think I agree with John. It, it's a this is an economic thing, and uh, and at some point, it's um, going to be too much. And now I think there's some uh, some legislation coming on on corporate tickets and and how much of those can be deducted and things, and mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna make a big impact. You know, when we were when we were all you know when I was growing up, and you you could go to a game. Yes. The family could decide at the last minute or something, hey, let's go down to the game. And, you know, you spend a little bit of money, but you can make that decision, snap judgment, and just say, okay, let's, if we can get a ticket, let's go in and, and do it. Um, nowadays, most families have to save up for one or two a year. Right. I mean, that's right. unfortunately the way that, that it is. And it's, a, it's, it's an event that you go to a couple of times a year. And 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 that's and that's it. If you want to take the the two kids with you and park and and eat and do all of those things, that's just it's it's a lot of money to to do that. And it's you know ten bucks for a beer. Yeah, know? exactly. I, mean, yeah. I, I really think that the PR move of every team would be to have seven dollar beers, like you Atlanta. Know? I mean, whatever. yeah, who yeah. Did, who like, did that? Artie Moreno the did that. I mean, he, no, he, yeah, he he, he low, when he came, came in, in he cut the prices in yeah. half. I believe but, they've uh, worked their way back up to uh, reality again. Maybe, but, yeah. Uh, and and I think the Falcons are doing with like five dollars, yeah. but but you know they're charging more for tickets, maybe, yes. and more for parking so they're making it up somewhere else but when you go in you don't feel like you're getting you know railroaded by right. by these by these prices inside the building you think gosh yeah i gotta do somehow they go for somehow the wild have been bulletproof on this thing well you know, it's uh, they got the demographics they got, they got the wife yeah. and they got the wife and husband and two kids man it's from the suburbs yeah, it's good for un- them they've done 103 percent of capacity yeah Oof. well it's woodbury and it's yeah. Eden prairie and yeah. it, i mean that's it's not summer yeah uh, yeah uh, which yeah. is you know and yeah. And they haven't gone to a, as much of this as you know the, the screens and and mm-hmm. uh, you know games are on college basketball games are on Facebook now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't didn't know that till somebody said you were on Facebook last night. It <laughs> didn't mean to be, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. but yeah. So it's too easy for. Yeah. There's for too many to, other options. Yeah, exactly. And when, you know, and and for the Timberwolves, I mean, they they did what they had to do. They remodeled that building. So yep. it, it, you know, you you got a decent experience there. But the Gophers, God love it. We all love Williams Arena, blah, blah, blah. The place is full. Indiana's in town. Okay, that's fine, 13,000. But you're playing uh, 
you know, bowling green on a December yeah. night mm-hmm. in that dump, uh, and it's a pain in the ass to get there. Especially and the 6 o'clock And they're going to charge you right. 10 or 12 bucks to park. It's a lot easier to stay home. Yep, yeah, the 6 is, o'clock it, games, too. It's those a lot those easy, TV yeah. ones kill you. Especially if they're, you know, if they're just okay. If they're mm-hmm. really good, they're winning. Yeah. It's a different, if it's a different decision then. Yep, no doubt. And in the corporate world, Eric, you deal with it. You're on the other side of it now. Every, you know, no matter who you are, uh, the Twins want you to buy a suite. The mm-hmm. Wolves want you to buy a suite. The Wild wants you to buy a suite. The Vikings want to buy you a suite. And the Gophers want you to buy a suite. It's, um, you know, no matter what the corporation is, they got to say no to somebody. Yeah, because you can do the math. And, again, like we just said, mm-hmm. 80 plus 41 plus another 41 over here mm-hmm. plus another 10 over yeah. here. And yeah. pretty soon you've got, you've got your folks entertaining half of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I, n- I never thought of After that. After hours. I mean, even, yeah. no matter how many clients you got, they want to stay home once in a while, right? right? They don't exactly go. right. At the end of the day, I mean, the, the part of entertaining is, is getting sales done, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you got to have, so you can't do that by hand. It's harder to do that by handing out tickets. Sure. I'm not saying it can't be done, but. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Eric Curry's with us. Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic. Uh, we'll be back. Eric Curry's with us. Eric uh, slips away uh, a few times during the winter to referee big-time college basketball. Uh, best arena in the country. Wow. Um, uh, the Fog? I vote for the Fog. The Fog is awfully, awfully good. At I've never been. Oh, my. It's, it's pretty yeah. good. It's Williams Arena, but been square. there. Been there once yeah, in, a, in a preseason game. They were playing a Division II school, and they were standing in line <laughs> 10 miles oh, long man. to get tickets. So, Waving uh, the wheat, man. Yeah, Waving yeah. the wheat. McHale Arena is great. Yeah. Um, uh, when, they, when they're going good at Arizona, that's a pretty good spot there, too. And, uh, and I like the Breslin Center. Yeah. Bloomington's pretty and cool. Bloomington. Well, yeah. That's, Bloomington, but they, no. it's, they haven't been I very good know. for a while. I, I haven't been down there for a while, but they, they complain about Every call, every call. When Bobby was coaching, oh my they wanted a hundred percent of them. Yeah. They wanted a hundred percent. You know they're not. You know they're really not paying attention when you blow the whistle and uh, and it's again. Wait, so wait a second. That's against the other team. <laughs> yeah, don't boo me anyway. Please. <laughs> yeah, Purdue too. Purdue. Purdue is great. Yeah. yeah, it's when it's full. That's, boy, back that arena is really they've, cool. They've really done a nice job redoing that yep. place. That's really good. Mm-hmm. The really barn good. is uh, now. You don't work the barn as much as you used to, uh, no. but uh, the barn is. Uh, you know, we don't we don't see it like the old days very often. I have no. a conflict of interest at the barn, yes, so right. I'm not allowed to go <laughs> there anymore. No, that's yeah. that's my favorite, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, but hey, you're you're married to an assistant coach with the women's team. That doesn't mean you're going to favor the men's team. No, I, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> but uh, don't don't tell Bo Ryan that. <laughs> um, no, I you know that I would agree. Uh, Williams Arena. When they're going good, that place, yeah. that's, there's not very many better places than that, I can it, tell you. Yeah, there's so much nostalgia for me. I mean, my dad and I, we couldn't afford tickets. We'd have to scalp once or twice a year. We could go to Penn State, yeah. you know, and those back then. But, the, I mean, the the best experience I've ever had as a kid was Jose, the Hosea Crittenden yeah. game where oh, yeah. feed Hosea and he hits a three <laughs> and, you know, and the whole place just erupts and I must have been nine yeah. or ten years old. And then we got in the we got in the truck driving home, and Dark is on the on the radio, like talking about the whole. It, 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 I mean, it was fantastic. Well, was, the, the other one I would say that then I'd have to say the last one is New Mexico in the pit. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I got to throw a throw a props to my West guys, but I uh, was there. That place is awesome. Yeah. I was there for that Final Four when uh, you know NC State throws up the shot and then puts it in and beats Houston. That was unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, that's a hell of a place, and. Uh, 
that was, you know, what I remember about that is the uh, semifinal game on Saturday when Houston started dunking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger Valdeseri from uh, Notre Dame was, uh, was uh, David Kaywood was the PR guy for the NCAA, and he had his guys, and these same guys came back every year. And Roger was one of them, and they dunked about six times in a row in various ways and held up a little handmade sign that said, Welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> and he, was, he was right about the yeah. The pit's great. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's the hardest. It's the hardest walk after the game though, because there's a very steep incline mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. that comes off the court and goes <laughs> up there. And we had Majerus in there one night, and uh, one of the guys says, "Oh my God, he's going to chase us off the floor." And I said, "Well, he ain't going to chase us for long." <laughs> he's. Uh, do you uh, do you detect uh, a little decline in attendance around the country, or not really? You know, I don't think so. Because uh, it's down a little bit, I guess. Not, 5% it, or it, it very well may be, but it really doesn't seem like it. You're, you do the three Western conferences, basically. Yeah, right? um, Mountain West Big Ten, and uh, or Mountain West and the Pac-12 and, and um, the West Coast Conference. And it's not down at Gonzaga, I can promise mm-hmm. you that. Um, Is that a pit, too, or what kind of it's, arena? It's, uh, it, they're brand new, about three, four years old. Uh, they're ranked number two in the country, I think, now. And they're... It's seven thousand. Yeah, and the student wow. section is full two hours before. They yeah. were trying to get them to move to the Mountain West, right? Yeah. And they uh, thought they out. were really close to doing that. And and um, uh, Craig and the gang were working hard at that. And I think you know could happen at some point. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've never been out there. Oh, Carl Polad's alma mater was an is out- that right? Outstanding that, football yeah. player. No at, kidding. Uh, at Gonzaga way back when. The yes. Zags. So uh, what's the uh, what's the schedule uh, now? You've uh, last year you got to uh, you went to Hawaii, right? To work on no. The, last year I went to uh, last year I went to uh, China. China. And then two years ago you were oh, had the game the, on the ship, right? Yeah, and, I had the ship game the year before. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to kick over to Maui this year. That'll be a, a pretty good little tournament. The Shamanad uh, gets the year off. Oh, ah, they're not and, playing. Uh, huh? No, no. So uh, uh, Brian, I ran into Brian Dutcher over the summer, and he said. Uh, um, I, I said, oh, oh you guys are going to Maui? He says, yeah, we're playing the part of Shamana. <laughs> <laughs> they just got, uh, I see, just got extended to 2022. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Brian, wonderful, sure. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. Absolutely. I watch guy. him work the sidelines. He doesn't seem to abuse the uh, referee. No, he's really, he's really good. He's really good. <laughs> Sometimes guys change when they move over one seat yeah. uh, to the left some. Uh, but no, he's been great, and he had a great mentor in Steve Fisher. Yeah, he was, was never best, that, right? No. Steve Steve Fish is the best human being in the game. Mm-hmm. Really? No okay, question. what's the funniest thing uh, somebody's yelled at you that you should have teed <laughs> him up for, but you just laughed instead? Um, uh, we had an, I had a funny exchange. It wasn't a teed exchange <laughs> with uh, with Timmy Miles and oh, uh, and, great, and, yeah. Bra- and Brad Underwood from uh, Illinois. And now that they come out to the twenty eight foot marks, yeah. they're almost right next to each other. Yes, right? right. So uh, we were at Illinois, uh, Nebraska last year, and the ball goes out of bounds, and it's a tough play. And our guy gives it to uh, Nebraska, and Timmy is standing down on the end line, pointing his direction. And uh, I, so I turn around and say, what are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, well, I got it right. And I said, some would disagree. <laughs> so, so I'm walking up, walking up the floor, and uh, Brad Underwood says, um, uh, Eric, do we get that one right? And I said, well, Timmy seems to think so. <laughs> he says, well, what the hell does he know? He likes Coors Light. And uh, Timmy says, Eric, he's your kind of guy. He likes the good red wine. <laughs> well, don't venture into Target Center anytime soon and, mm-hmm. and uh, rough those NBA games if you want to keep your ears from bleeding. So. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, that's a that's a different 
that's a different sport, yeah. uh, different deal, and uh, I'm very happy with um, <laughs> with the band and the cheerleaders there and, you go. and the tournament. It's the best. Mm-hmm. As a basketball connoisseur, though, uh, are you, the game being ruled at all levels by the three-pointer, what do you two guys think of it? Well, the one thing that I like about it is that um, it's great for youth basketball in terms yeah. of, like, any kid can look at that and say, maybe I could do that someday. You know, maybe I could, if I work hard enough, maybe I could shoot like that. Uh, You know, when you have, uh, you know, LeBron coming down, you know, a freight train at 6'8", 270 and dunking from the free throw line, that's a little bit harder to relate to. Um, So I like that it gets kids excited about it. I also like in the tournament when less talented teams can make a run and make it interesting when when they can gun like that but i do think even even in 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 the nba it's almost we're almost reaching a saturation point where it's just too much of the three you want to see some varied offense you want to see some some different attacks now it's drive and kick drive and kick drive and kick yeah i would agree agree with that yeah i would i you know the um loyola had a great run in the ncaa tournament Mm -hmm. last year good for good for porter i mean that was a that was a lot of fun to watch but again they they penetrate and kick and what it does is it does spread the game out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes uh, it, it puts a premium on having a really good good big man too. Because then if you've got a big man, a guy that can shoot it, you got a pretty good yeah. squad. Yeah, you know what the biggest change in the women's game uh, when you watch WNBA or even the, the high level college, they make shots now. Oh yeah, man, last night Tarasi. Oh, yeah. by the way, Adela Donnie oh, was she's unbelievable, she's and she fantastic. blew out her Boy, knee. She apparently. blew it up, and yeah. at the two plays before, God, oh, she'd been she was fantastic. Yeah, we were sitting there watching. I said, "My goodness, is she good?" And oh, she had incredible. hit the turnaround jumper, then she hit the long shot, and then, and the then pass she came down inside, there inside. She made that pass inside. Yeah, and too. then turned around, turned her knee down. I feel bad for Mike Tebow because yeah. uh, that mm-hmm. was, that was going to be his real chance to win it. I think absolutely. And, uh, his daughter's here with us. Yeah, and we're thrilled to have her. But he's, uh, but you know, the, the the coming down and hitting pull up threes—that's something that I, I know yeah. a smaller ball and everything. But uh, but it's uh, the you know making shots has uh, made that game a lot easier to watch. You know? Yeah, a, a lot easier. And uh, and they they really have the fundamentals of the game down um, from on the on the women's side. I think, and I I enjoy watching. And I'm I'm not only supposed to say that. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a lot. It's it is very entertaining to watch right now. Right. That game last night, Phoenix and Seattle, yeah, was stuff, terrific. Wasn't it? That yeah. was great. You do have the issue though. If you play either pickup basketball or golf, you're gonna your uh, wife's gonna kick that. I have out. No, <laughs> I really have. I really have no chance. And, uh, and, and now Humbling. I understand. I'm also the third best referee in my family. <laughs> so uh, I've, I've I've got no shot. But uh, but we're we're having fun. Yeah. And uh, well, wasn't she the state golf champ or runner up or something? I think she finished. Second, a couple of times. I, she went to the state golf tournament uh, six times in her <laughs> high school in her, her high school career, and then and then uh, I guess you know, or she was Miss uh, Minnesota in volleyball, mm-hmm. and then didn't you know take that up again until her graduate school year. So, uh, young Brecken uh, Harmon has a chance uh, if he stays he away from me. Right <laughs> you got that uh, yeah, right. Yep. All steer right. it that way. Uh, thank you, Vince. Thank you, we'll be back. Patrick. Good seeing you. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. 
TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.